Welcome one, welcome all. We are glad to have you. Hour number two of the Bill Michael Show. We are live. We are in Viroqua, Viroqua Hills Country Club. Your golf course, if you're watching on the Bud Light live stream. Good to have you. Good to have you today. Uh, kind of a, a rainy, blustery day. We were going to play some golf today, but that might be in jeopardy. You know why? Because I brought shorts. Uh, I just, I, I don't have like golf pants. Ben, well, if you wear pants, are you, you're not golfing in jeans, right? I have pants, Bill. Don't worry. Okay. You have golf pants? I would assume you do, but I'm just making sure. Uh, but I have golf shorts. I brought a pair of shorts. I thought it was going to be in the mid-60s all the way through later this afternoon and tonight. And, boy, I was wrong. So, uh, you know, I don't know if we're going to be doing some golfing today. We'll have to wait and see. In the meantime, terrific article in The Athletic. We were talking about it before. Jesse Temple, the author of that, uh, joining us on the hotline. You can follow him at Jesse Temple over on uh, Twitter. Uh, joining us now on the hotline. Jesse, how you been, man? <laughs> it's been a busy, exhausting week, but that's part of the business. So hanging in there. How are you, Bill? I'm good. Um, I, I, wanted, I read the article. And I, there was things that I already knew and then things that you brought to light. And it, my first reaction, I'll give you my gut reaction. My reaction was if I'm a Wisconsin fan or somebody in that athletic department, I should be embarrassed. Um, yeah, I mean, there's certainly parts of the story that uh, highlight why Paul Christ is no longer the head coach. And, I mean... I, the recruiting situation, which is a big part of the story, and for those listening who may not know, um, you know, Wisconsin's Saeed Khalif, who was the director of player personnel, left in June of 2021 to take over a role at Michigan State, and Paul Christ opted to uh, move some pieces around from within and basically had no real recruiting staff. He had one person and a bunch of assistant coaches, and um, that's the way it was done for decades. So it's not like that hadn't been done before, but in an era where things are changing in college football, um, I just think it was bad optics, and there were clearly some issues at, during that time. Ultimately, he did fill out the staff, but to me, and, and the way I framed it in the story, I think it was another indicator of uh, kind of the direction things were going. I think we can all acknowledge right now that Wisconsin is farther away from achieving its goals than it was three years ago when it played Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. The recruiting, when you start to look at other programs, and we were just sitting here talking off air about facilities, uh, I had said, look, I, I've been to the campus in Columbus. Their facilities are better than the Packers. Uh, when you look at, uh, you go to Alabama, same thing. Auburn, I've seen Auburn's facilities. Their, their facilities are absolutely amazing. Um, you know, when you look at those facilities of these programs uh, in big money conferences, and then you look at the facilities out at Wisconsin, um, the facilities obviously play into it when you're trying to show off to recruits what it is you have. I get building things for boosters and alumni and making the game day experience better inside the stadium. I understand all of that. But when you're an incoming possible freshman and you're kind of comparing schools, man, that makes a difference too, doesn't it? It certainly plays a role. You're talking about high school kids, and I think it's worth acknowledging that there's a $300 million indoor football practice facility that uh, – is in the works apparently and uh you know that would go a long way because certainly the, the indoor practice facility is what 35 years old 30 plus years old and then it's not even a 100 yard field it's 80 yards like the specialist right. literally cannot <laughs> a punter cannot field a and kick a clean punt in there so I, I think it contributes a little bit but on the whole and i think where wisconsin has thrived is they get guys who understand everything that the program is about and that it's bigger than that like 
ultimately they want to get better kids. But if you're the kind of kid who's not going to pick Wisconsin because the indoor practice facility isn't what it is at Ohio State, uh, you know, I don't know if Wisconsin was going to get that kid to begin with. But the larger overarching point, yeah, you got to be able to keep pace. And I think Wisconsin is trying to get there. Okay, uh, which is good. I mean, uh, absolutely, I agree that they have this new facility in the works, so they're trying to do certain things in certain areas. But when it comes to recruiting, now you bring up an example of a kid that came on campus, really didn't even get acknowledged. Nobody really talked to the guy, and he walks away. He signs with Michigan, and he's really begun to blossom. You know, talk about examples like that and, and problems because they because of the understaffing of the recruiting department and the way they go about their business where things have fallen through the cracks and you've lost out what could possibly be recruits that are coming here to other particular schools. Well, that's the biggest example, and that's why it's included in the story. Um, I mean, I can't speak specifically to whether there were other players, but I do know from the sources that I spoke to it um, sounded as though that the people who were in charge of the recruits and handling recruits for home games didn't necessarily have lists provided to them on which players would be attending. And that's kind of a problem. But I also want to make it clear that moving forward, this is a different situation. There, there are eight people in the department now. Mickey Turner was brought over from being the tight end coach to being in charge of recruiting. And, and so it's not their fault, the staff's fault right now for what took place. It certainly, I think, put them uh, up against it a little bit. But I, I also had a chance to talk to Eric Johnson, who was the man who was tasked by Paul Chris with handling the recruiting um, in, in filling a role. And, and he felt like they did as good a job as they could. And, and he felt like, I mean, his comments essentially highlighted more of an old-school philosophy, which I think would rankle Badgers fans in that the, the, the philosophy he said was similar to Iowa, which he was where he was before. It's not always about the stars. It's about developing players. But he also said that he felt as though that there are staffs now fully devoted to social media and they're bombarding kids more. These are his his words. And that the graphic design department has gotten bigger. And he felt as though that what has become more in this culture is not necessarily a great more because he thinks it's kissing kids' tails and constantly being in front of them rather than letting the kids earn things themselves. Um, to me, I think that speaks to kind of a larger point about what was happening within the department in the last year at a time when other programs have a different philosophy. And I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, that philosophy um, is not worthwhile because forever Wisconsin fielded very good teams with players that may not have gotten an Ohio State offer. But these times are changing, and it's just one point among others that sort of highlight why Wisconsin was falling behind. Talking with Jesse Temple of the Athletic covering the Wisconsin Badgers. Okay, so then give me your assessment as to Paul Christ, the downfall, and moving forward in the direction that this 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 school, this program needs to go? Well, my assessment of the downfall is that it comes down to the on-field product. And so uh, as much as we want to talk about those recruits and, and what happened, like none of those guys are actually playing. The thing about that I try to highlight in this story is Paul is a, is a good man and people love and respect him here. And that is because he cares so much about people. But and a parent that I spoke to for the story said that it, Paul's greatest strength is also one of the biggest flaws, which is that he is loyal to a fault. And I bring that up uh, because when we're talking about the football perspective, he never fired a coach at, at, during his time, an assistant coach during his time as head coach. And, and that can be okay if you succeed, but he, he made moves during the offseason to change his staff and he moved Chris Herring from being a special teams coordinator to the tight ends coach. He never coached tight ends. He brought in Al Johnson after the unfortunate uh, situation with Gary Brown who passed away, the running backs coach. And Al Johnson had been a head coach of the division school 
two school, but he'd never coached running backs. Um, he came in to coach running backs. Bobby Ingram is the offensive coordinator. had never called plays. So he knew all of those people very well. But if you're going to make those moves, you've got to have success. And they did not. And also, the offense just wasn't good enough. So that falls on the head coach because he makes $5.25 million a year. It also falls on the players. They did not execute. The offensive line was overwhelmed against Illinois. Wisconsin ran for two yards. The passing game hasn't been what people hoped. Graham Mertz came in, was supposed to do these great things. And to this point, I think it's been a challenge to, to meet those expectations. Whether those are fair or not is another conversation. But that's kind of where Paul's gotten to at this point in terms of what Jim Leonard needs to do. Um, he's got to get this team to play more consistent football. And I think he can do that. The challenge for him is this is still the same team as it was against Illinois. So you had problems against the Illini. You might still have those problems moving forward. So I want to stick with Graham Mertz for a second. Do you feel Graham Mertz has been over-evaluated and under-talented? Or do you feel with the changes that have gone on, he has never been properly developed? Yeah, that is uh, that's a, a difficult question to answer. I think the talent was there. You look at what he did in, in high school; it was tremendous. But you, recruiting is a crapshoot, Bill. It just is. Even if you've got the highest rated quarterback in program history coming in, that doesn't mean it's going to be successful. He ran a, a spread offense at his high school in Kansas, where there were five wide, and he could stand back there, and there was never any pressure. Um, I think a lot of it to him it's come down to like decision making. Um, and adjusting to what you have to do to succeed in college. He has gotten better. And I, I just talked to him about this like two weeks ago. It was before the Ohio State game, so people may uh, have forgotten what's happened since then, and understandably so. But he made a lot of offseason changes, in it's particular his mechanics, which made a huge difference. And early in the season, he was not the reason Wisconsin was losing. The defense isn't as good as what it was last year. The offensive line is not dominant as it traditionally is. Um, so there's a lot of other issues. But he hasn't played up to anyone's potential, and I think he would probably admit that himself. The uh, the defense, let's talk about that for a minute. Jim Leonard, his defense is, I know Kirk Herbstreit talked about it time and again in the, in the Ohio State game. So the, for them to get boat raced is so unbelievably uncharacteristic. His defensive defenses have always been in the top five, top ten in the country, and all of a sudden they're finding themselves struggling big time as well. What has been the problem specifically that you see with the defense? Jim Leonard talked about it this week that it's a lack of consistency in how he described it is they can have a call against the offense and their call and it goes for no gain and then at another point in the game it can be the same call defense first offense and it goes for a big game and that's a problem to me a lot of it stems from that it this is not as good of defense as it was last year I think Having Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel, like you cannot overstate how incredible those guys were. They were the best inside linebacker tandem in the country. They're both on NFL rosters this year. And your two inside linebackers this year, while talented, didn't have very much experience. Um, the secondary has dealt with some injuries, and there's a lot of transfers in there. And so I just feel like the pieces haven't necessarily come together. There's still a lot of talent there, um, but it's a lot of other, it's a lot of problems. And, and I also, and this is in the story as well, think that this team has struggled to adjust to the new leadership because they lost eight guys from the defense last season because they lost some key pieces on offense. And sometimes it doesn't fully come together. And John Torchio, one of the team's starting safeties, one of the leaders on this team said after the game on Saturday, that something's off with the team. Obviously Chris, Chris McIntosh felt like uh, making a change with the head coach could, could change that. But uh, that also falls on the players as well. 
Talking with uh, Jesse Temple of The Athletic, covering the Wisconsin Badgers. Really good piece uh, regarding Paul Chris, the recruiting situation at Wisconsin as well. It's in The Athletic. If you haven't read it already, I sent a link out over on Twitter. You can find it there. So is this an audition for Jim Leonard, or do you feel that he has the job? It is now him that is going to revamp the coaching staff, revamp and work with the expanded recruiting and all the different departments when we just discuss social media and the aspects there and to try to put this thing back on the tracks? Or do you think this is just merely you're going to audition and after that it is an open invitation for any and all comers to possibly be the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers? Chris McIntosh talked at his news conference on Sunday night and said that this is going to be a search. This is, I mean, this is a huge job. So Jim Leonard doesn't have this locked up. However, this in my opinion, would not have been done if Leonard wasn't on staff because that's how highly people think of him. Yes, this is an audition, but he it's his job to lose. Now, what does it look like for him to ultimately earn the job? To me, they've got to be a more consistent football team. They don't have to win every game, but you can't lose the way you just lost against Illinois. You've got to be competitive in every game. And frankly, I never thought I'd say that about a Wisconsin team where that's the level that the Badgers have to be at. But they have to show improvement. If Wisconsin goes 0-7 and is somehow a worse team at the end of the year, I think it would be difficult to say that Jim Leonard did enough. But he's been successful at everything he's done. <laughs> he's a three-sport right. athlete in high school, obviously the walk-on to All-America story in college. And he's been successful as a coach. He was a defensive coordinator just two years into being a coach, and he had one of the best defenses in the country. So everything is lined up for him to do it, but he's got to put in the work. He knows that, and so do the players. Uh, Chris McIntosh, uh, I want to talk about him for a minute because, you know, he, uh, you know, takes the cupboard that seemingly was full from Barry Alvarez and obviously now had to make his biggest move in his short tenure. Uh, are all of these things, is this all budgetary as well? Is this, you know, the, the, you know, the line that people are using is, well, Wisconsin's cheap. They won't spend the money. Ohio State will spend the money. Wisconsin will spend the money. Is this budgetary stuff? Is this stuff that they're not doing because they just don't want to pay for it? I don't agree with that at all, to be honest, Bill. Paul Chris made $5.25 million. That is a whole hell of a lot of money. Um, I'm not sure if you're asking whether he made this decision because of monetary reasons. No, no, um, I'm talking about now Now he has the, 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 the responsibility of not just bringing in a new head coach, but assistants sure. and recruiting departments and social media uh, departments and just the overall budgetary stuff. Are they putting enough into the program to, to say, look, we're, we're a Big Ten school. We, we should be competing with the Ohio States, the Penn States, the Michigans and such, and we don't want to come in last when it comes to the spending of money because we want to be cheap. In my opinion, budget is not an issue. I don't even think the conversation about cheapness should be had. I know that it's sort of a hangover, perhaps, from the Brett Bielma era when he left and bemoaned that assistant coaches weren't paid enough money and they were going elsewhere or getting offered more money. Jim Leonard was making over a million dollars to be the coordinator. Obviously, he'd mm-hmm. earned that. That's a lot of money for a coordinator. So, And the assistant coaches, in my opinion, aren't aren't being underpaid. They're, they're paid uh, a lot more now than they were at the time Brett Bielman was the coach. Obviously, some of that has to do with the changing times and inflation. But in general, I think Wisconsin has made great strides. And with the recruiting resp- department, with respect to that, they've got an eight-person staff now. So when Saeed Khalif was here, and I talked to him about this last August, the largest number that he had was four. Now, at the end, in 2020 when he left, it was a COVID year, and there were budget cutbacks, and there were only two people left. That was more related to COVID. But they've got eight people there. So they're fully staffed. Um and, and that's what the plan is moving forward. So in my mind now, it, it is not a budgetary issue. And when you talk about trying to compete with the Ohio State and the Penn State's Michigans of the world, 
that comes down to getting the players. Obviously, having financial means uh, is a contributing factor, but you've got to go and get the players, um, and that's where Wisconsin's at right now. Looking at, and last question before I let you go, but looking at Wisconsin's schedule the rest of the way, and obviously, you know, they're on the road at Northwestern, a place they traditionally don't play very well, at Michigan State, Purdue, Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota. Is there a game that they should either not be, will they be favored in most of these games or not? I don't know whether they'll be favored. I don't set the line, but I can't imagine they'll be favored against Iowa. And if Minnesota continues to play reasonably well, I don't know. I mean, that's obviously a home game at Camp Randall. But I look at it more of what is what does this team have to do to make the progress it needs. Um, and record-wise, I don't even know what the answer is there. If they go four and three and are five hundred and go to a bowl game, that almost feels like a success based on where things stand. So uh, I think that's kind of how I'm looking at it more. I don't know whether they'll be favored or not, but. The Big Ten West is wide open. I think anybody can admit that. It is <laughs> not a great division. There is no clear-cut great team. Minnesota looks pretty good and then lost last week. Northwestern beat Nebraska in the opener and has lost four straight games and lost to an FCS school and a, a MAC school. So it's wide open. I don't think Wisconsin's going to end up winning. If they do, it would be one heck of a story we'll be talking about in a couple of months. But it's there for the taking in terms of trying to win a lot of these games. Jesse, great stuff, man. I appreciate all the time you gave us today. Thanks for giving us some insight into the Wisconsin football program, okay? Thanks, Bill. Take care. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Jesse Temple, really, really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. If you haven't read the article, I highly recommend it. It is an inside look at Paul Christ's and Wisconsin's downfall and what led to a shocking midseason firing. And uh, he put this thing out today and a really, really interesting piece. Really interesting piece if you haven't read it already. You just got to get uh, – Got to get a look, without a doubt. Uh, let's do this. When we come back, I can uh, I can pound my chest a little bit and say I was right. I'll tell you what about. You're probably wondering a little bit. Ben, you might be raising your eyebrow. I was right. I was right. I feel good about it. I feel good, but yet then again, I also feel bad because the circumstance means things are really crappy. I'll tell you what we're talking about when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you on board today. As always. Bill Michael Show brought to you by our friends over there at Quick Trip. Don't forget about the opening drive contest. Stop in any Quick Trip and use your Quick Rewards card. Or just type in your number, whatever it happens to be. Stop into the pump. Get any one of Quick Trip's fully guaranteed gasolines. And you are then uh, entered. Enter to win. One week, the opening drive, which is one weekly winner, is going to win a $10 gas card for every yard earned on the Packers' opening drive, and they've been successful putting some points up anyway. Uh, Quick Trip, proud partner in Packers football. There you go. Quick Trip getting it done. I used Quick Trip this morning when we got here. Got up this, that was my breakfast this morning. Stopped into Quick Trip. That's where I was saying hi to the State Patrol and a couple of the police officers here. Uh, Corey, real quick, says over on Twitter, says, Hey, Bill, the other day you mentioned the phone call that you got from an old friend who had actually passed away a few months ago. How did the story end? Did you call it back? I did, and the phone is disconnected. 
the number you have reached is no longer in service. Please try again later. That what that's what I got. Uh, weird. Uh, the only thing I can figure is that either there was something voicemail-wise that just came through, or somebody had used the phone to call people to let them know that he was switching numbers or they were getting rid of that number or something or market pass. I have no idea. There's got to be a logical explanation for the phone call, but uh, I, I still I have no idea what it is. No idea what it is. But as we move on, Ben, I was right. Do you know what I was right about? No. How were you right? Uh, you sound so irritated by that question. Actually, I think I know the answer. Christian Yelich? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to play that under protest. Yes. Why? I don't know. I We said over <laughs> under 15. It sounded like a very arbitrary number. He got to 14. Yes. Some would argue that had he been playing, I don't know. I'm trying to come no. up with a spin right anybody now. That would argue, anybody that would argue <laughs> that is a magnanimous dumbass and should not be allowed to breathe oxygen. If you watched him all season long and numerous opportunities to come up short, no, no. 14 home runs, and then on top of it, I said, what will happen more? The Cincinnati Reds in their sucktastic year will have more wins than Yelich will have RBIs. And people said, you're crazy. Yelich, he's going to have 80 80, 85 RBIs, 20, 25 home runs. Come on. Nah. Nah. How about that? Christian Yelich, 57 RBI in the season. 62 wins for the 100-loss Cincinnati Reds, who ended up, by the way, in the dead last basement of the National League Central. Uh, they, are, they were tied with the Pirates, but the Pirates held the tiebreaker. So uh, the Reds then falter, and they end up in the basement of the uh, National League Central. Brewers end up seven games back behind the Cardinals. Their season goes to 10 games over 500, 86 and 76. The Cubs, 74 and 88, a subpar year for them. And the Pirates, as I had mentioned, 62 and 100. But St. Louis wins the division with 93 wins. They find themselves in the postseason. So does the Braves, who won the East, along with the Mets and the Phillies, who both get in via the wild card. The uh, Mets, by the way, tied with the Braves, but the Braves held the tiebreaker. Both of those teams ended up with 101 wins while the Dodgers beat up everybody. They ended up with 111 wins, the winningest team in baseball this season. San Diego also finds its way into the postseason. But I, 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 on one hand, I can say I saw this coming. I just I, I knew it. I started to go through the averages. I started look at, looking at him since he came back that COVID year last year. And looking at all the numbers and all the averages and all the at-bats and the percentages, and I said, he's not going to hit 15 home runs this year. Unless he goes back to being what he was, he's not going to hit 15 home runs. His RBI total is going to be down. His on-base percentage is going to be down. Uh, his average is going to be down. OPI, all that. All that. 14 home runs, 57 RBIs on the season for the man that is making $26 million a year. Now, do you think... That we are going to find, I thought Todd, I think it was Todd Rosiak, either Todd Rosiak or Adam McAlvey. One of the two had a conversation with him, and I was listening to it, and it was kind of perspective on the season, and they're talking about, 
you know, well, you know, eh, things aren't the same and things going on. Because we played, I think it was Adam McCalvey, we played some of that back on the air. But didn't it sound like there might be more to the story for some of his struggles? I don't know if I can say that. I will know. think that we're going to suddenly find out about some kind of a an ailment? Oh, I don't is, think so. You don't think so? I mean, so this is what it is then. It's been what three years, yeah. two and a half years, and the back yeah. definitely played a factor in previous ones. Right. I, I don't know. He was out there playing every day. He didn't look injured. Right. He just hit the ball right. into the ground. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm going to be interested to see if somebody has a story that this is a, a problem of some sort. There's a, a health issue. There's something there that just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Um, David Stearns, responding to another radio station, says that uh, when it comes to the, uh, you know, if he had an opportunity to do a do-over regarding the Josh Hader trade, he said, quote, it had an impact on our team. There's no question about it. Probably a larger impact than I was anticipating when we made the deal. I should have done a better job to help us get through that, end quote. I think that was on WTMJ Radio. So, in other words, yeah, I didn't ex- I didn't see that coming. It had an impact. It did. It, it did. Now, did it mean that that trade and not having Josh Hader there allowed guys to swing the bat worse than what they were, not hit with runners in scoring position, the bullpen to implode at times, some you know questionable decisions regarding removal of starting pitchers because of pitch counts and such? No. No, but it took the wind out of your sails. There is something to be said for clubhouse chemistry. There's something to be said for that intangible, that thing that you cannot sabermetrically put a number on, that there is a feeling, there's a camaraderie, there's a likability, there's a fun aspect to coming to work every day. And when you say to everybody in that clubhouse, we're out to win it, we're out to get a championship, we want to bring a World Series for the first time ever into the city of Milwaukee in the state of Wisconsin, oh, by the way, we're getting rid of money. And a good player alongside, uh, that that is counterintuitive. Much like Chris McIntosh saying, we're here for championships, but yet you read a story about, you know, the lackluster performance when it comes to the recruiting department and some of the things that they have to do to kind of clean the situation up. You know, you're either in or you're not. You can't, see, you can't, you can't be kind of pregnant. You either are or you're not. Are you going for it or you're not? And, and that's... And that's kind of the the thing that you look at when a lot of players inside that clubhouse thought that they were going for it and this was their year, only to find out that, nah, money really does matter. And then you get away, get rid of a guy basically because of money. So my question to uh, David Stearns would have been, do you feel like, you know, when Mark Antanasio came out and basically said, oh, this was all David's doing. I, I didn't have anything to do with this. Do you feel like he threw you under the bus? That's what I would love to know. Anyway, uh, I just uh, the final numbers after last night's ball game were in, and uh, I will uh, unhappily throw that trophy up on the mantle because I would love to have seen him have a big year and propel this team deep into the postseason. But it just wasn't meant to be, and it's not meant to be. I just don't know 
if Christian Yelich is ever going to be the Christian Yelich that we came to know and love ever again. Can I make one final comment on the Yelich matter? Sure. He was over his last 30, like two weeks yeah. ago. Couldn't buy a hit. Council right. benched him. I would argue that had he been playing that day, we could be talking about 16 home runs or 15. So I think I'm going to red flag this. I'm going <clears> to <throat> file under protest, and we will return to it at a later date. You, my friend, are so full of crap. <laughs> it's not funny. I, I'm appealing. Uh, yeah. I, I'm appealing the decision. I, I'm not accepting this as the You're, outcome. I appreciate the fact that you are going down swinging. That I will appreciate. Uh, we're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Broadcasting live at uh, Viroqua Hills here at the Country Club. The golf course looks nice. Uh, the sky is starting to part a little bit. Who knows? Maybe we will get golfing today. We'll have to wait and see. Give it about another half hour, 45 minutes before we make any decisions. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical. Treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin. Well beyond the borders as well. And if you got it, you know it. Talk to them. Uh, 98% success rate. If you got it, you know it. Uh, if by chance you're dragging ass, you're just kind of tired all the time, you're moody, you're sluggish, you're over the age of 30 going to get your numbers checked, or maybe you were the guy that everybody got out of the way of when you went to jump in a pool because you were going to splash kids right out of the pool into their mom's laps. That's because you got a case of tank ass. Call them. They can help you out. It's uh, 414-455-4451. That's 414 414- Four five five four four five one for the all-in-one weight loss program. It works. All you got to do is call, but you can't do anything if you don't take that first step and pick up the phone and give them a shout. Four one four four five five four four five one. That is our friends over there at the New Mail Medical Center. More of the Bill Michael Show live here in Viroqua coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Somewhat moving out of the way. We'll see if it warms up a little bit. I was just outside, and uh, it's it looks nicer, but uh, it'll 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 still make your uh, you know make your make your skin tense up a little bit. I guess might be the best way to put it. Um, yeah, it's it's still nippy outside. It's uh, winds are picking up as this front moves through. That's going to drop the temperatures way down. I mean, I I think here tomorrow the high is forty nine. It's frost and such, so. Going to be nippy in the area. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin Harley. Go to Wisconsin at WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. And uh, and check it out for yourself because they got a lot. Speaking of, uh, you know, cool things, they've got a lot of stuff right now over on um, <clears throat> the uh, in the showroom in terms of warm motor clothes. So if you're still, there's still some riding to do, but if you're going to do some warm motor clothes and such, uh, they got a lot going on. And uh, a lot on the shelves that has has just come in, in leathers and chaps, jackets, uh, new, new helmets have arrived. I mean, all this fall stuff is starting to move in. Stuff that's electric. Stuff that's electric you can wear. You can throw on the body as well. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I see it. I, I went outside for a minute on the Bud Light live stream. The porn bots are back. I, I went outside for a second, and uh, I came back, and uh, the porn bots got me while I was gone. <laughs> Bill, I can't tell which gets me going more. The porn bots are watching some of the worst golf I've ever seen. <laughs> right? 
there's a couple of guys that I watched uh, that, that that teed off uh, right near the beginning of the show. And a couple of them were actually pretty good. I was watching them hit because the, uh, the fairway is right behind me. And it, it, the, the camera shot doesn't do it justice. It really doesn't. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful. The course itself here is beautiful. It, it really is a nice course. And we play a lot of these courses. And I don't recommend every course we go to, right? I mean, I, you know, every course I play, I, I try to pick out a few. But this is a course that you just wouldn't guess it. When you start talking about some courses throughout the state of Wisconsin, you wouldn't guess that this place is that nice, and it really is. It really is a genuinely nice golf course. And, Ben, it's not far from you, man. In Madison, it's only, what, about an hour and a half? It's not far. It's not far. You could zip up here and play play nine they, or play 18. They, they've told me to tell you to come up and play it. I would so love when to. You wanna, when you want to come up, we've got you a free 18 up here. So you're good to go. Okay. And, and, you know, you live in Wisconsin golf is free as for me. That's the way you live your life. But, uh, but yeah, so some of the some of the golfers good, some not so good as you're watching a few people tee off right now. As Unless, of course, you clicked over on the Bud Light live stream and the porn bots got you. And now you're che- checking out that 69 dating site, the best adult dating site. So, anyway. Certainly if you have a huge package. <laughs> Oh man, good stuff. Um, let's do this. Let's get let's get, get to the phone calls real quick because I don't want people hanging on all, all day long if they don't have to. Um, God, who do we got? We got. Uh, let's go to Dwayne listening to us in Oshkosh. Dwayne, how you doing, man? Dwayne, uh, Bill, you're killing me. Every time you mention the word new meal, that thing pops up. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't even respond to that sentence. That sentence oh, alone is okay. uh, a double entendre. Jeez. There you go. go. Take something. I, I, I feel like I'm back on the air, Bill. Um, Okay, let's break this down for the Brewers real quick. First of all, there's only one thing I totally disagree with you on, the payroll thing. And I I don't know the current status of Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta, but I think that's what the decision's based on, making sure those three arms are coming back year after year after year. Cleveland, smallest payroll in baseball. Hey, they're in the playoffs. Youngest team Mm -hmm. in baseball. Hey, they're in the playoffs. What's the difference? Their superstar, Ramirez, played like a superstar. Ours is a magic mystery tour out there in left field. We never know what we're going to get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing I have a problem with Stearns or Matt Arnold or whoever is, they have not developed this farm. Um, they've had some young arms come up at first base. Catcher, what a disaster. Third base, still don't know what's going on over there. And the outfield Taylor is still, you know, and I think the the, the UCLA kid gets a start, or at least tries to get the start out of center field. But you look at uh, the the other thing that I didn't like about the trade was Taylor had 29 saves at the trade. Uh, Taylor had 28, and what they do? They they didn't put Taylor in the closing role and say you're our closer until you prove you can't do it. Mm-hmm. They put Williams in, who is just still getting into his career, has some, you know, maybe some confidence issues at times, that type of thing. As far as what I saw around baseball, and I looked at all these so-called experts, there was nobody that thought that the Brewers got fleeced on the trade. It was a weird trade because one of the guys that was supposed to come over in the trade never showed up, never came over, so I don't know what happened with that. But, no, I don't think it's a financial thing as much as it's a development thing in that farm system. 
I, they just don't seem to plug in anybody. We've heard Corey Ray's uh, name forever, never has popped. Um, another disaster with center field. Kane just all of a sudden, he's done. So, you know, as far as that, that to me is it. You look at St. Louis, they got their two superstars, first and third base, but when they brought up guys from the farm, they brought up guys from the farm. They didn't have to make trades all the time. And I, I don't know if Stearns just doesn't have the ability to develop this farm or what, but you've got to start getting guys out of there because then you don't have those salaries that push the thing like a hater and you go, we can't keep them now because we had to keep these free starters. As far as starters next year, Bill, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't do anything with a starting five. I think you got your five, and that puts Ashby at five. And maybe you move lower up. Who really should get a tip of a cap. Lower had another great year. He really saved our butt many times in that rotation. Um, I appreciate the phone call. I want to touch on something. You you talk about Yelich. I completely agree. Uh, the development, well, you know, some of the guys that came out of the farm system have give, given you contributions in Woodruff and Burns, so they have developed some guys. I agree with you, the catching prospects have not been great. But the best thing I can tell you, going back to the Cleveland Guardians, when you talk about that team getting into the postseason, when you talk about their season, their relievers overall, first of all, they ended up fifth in Major League Baseball. Their bullpen threw a three hundred five ERA. The Brewers in the second half of the season threw over four. That right there is the difference in the reason that the the Brewers are not in the postseason. The bullpen did not pitch well. That's it. The bullpen in the second half of the season threw up an ERA that was over four. And that, if you were going to circle one thing, there you go. But I will say this. Josh Hader, if it weren't for the fact that he was going to be owed some money, because you still got two years of controllability for Woodruff and Burns. Now, they're going to get money in arbitration eventually, absolutely, but you can hang on to them if you want to. But Hader was going to make some money, and I don't think they wanted to pay $16, 17 $18 million a year for a closer, especially if they thought that he might be having issues. And uh, while I understand it, I don't think that midseason was the time to do it. I don't think anybody thought that they got fleeced, not in the beginning. In the end, they certainly did. But I don't also think... They realized what that was going to do to the chemistry in the clubhouse. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. We are broadcasting live out here in Veroqua. The sun's starting to come out. You can see the trees and the breeze back there. And the tree obviously has changed color. Beautiful-looking golf course. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our good friends over there, Burn Pit BBQ, a veteran-owned company right here in the state of Wisconsin. Whether it's sauces, rubs, they have got it all. Even hot sauces. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is Burn Pit bbq.com we'll be back coming up right after this this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network now in green bay here's mike clemens the packers will have a final practice today before boarding the team plane tonight does it feel like they're really headed to london randall cobb uh, it, it doesn't feel like it to be honest with you right now just just the way that we uh, are going about it with our schedule and trying to keep everything as normal as possible obviously we'll be traveling 
which is a little different, but I just try to put it in the mind frame of us going to the West Coast and having an extra day on the West Coast. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it entails on the other side of it. But as far as here preparing, we're preparing the same way to find a way to go win a football game. It's about an eight-hour flight from Green Bay to London. That's not going to be an easy trip for defensive back Eric Stokes, who admits he has a fear of flying. First thing is the flight. I'm, I'm terrified of flying from the start, so this long flight for them kind of give me a little hiccup. What do you do to pass time on the flight? That are you Pray I can sleep. That's the biggest thing. Pray I can sleep. Uh, find me something to do. I might download some movies off of Netflix and just continue going from there. The Giants are banged up after their 20-12 win over Chicago. 14 players on the injury list. If some of them are questionable, will they still make the trip? Giants head coach Brian Dable. I know, it's a good question. I think they'll do everything they can do to rehab. If they have a chance to play, they'll be on the flight. We'll keep rehabbing them and we'll take it all the way to the end with some of the guys. If we don't think that they're you know, going to be able to play or make it, then they'll stay here. The Giants have four defensive backs and four receivers on the injury list, including wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Dibble asked if he'll be at practice today. Uh, he will not practice today. Again, I don't think. Uh, KG. And he, he's not, I, I doubt he'll be ready to go this week. That's Giants head coach Brian Dable. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. At the Wisconsin State Fair Park coming up next week, the 14th through the 16th. And uh, don't forget, when you stop in and you complete the in-home appointment, if you get it on the books by uh, November 5th, you go into a drawing that is going to be held on Monday, November 14th. You could win two grand as far as a window or a door credit. So stop in and see our friends uh, over there at the Nary Home Show at the Wisconsin State Fair Park, the Pella Wisconsin Indoors of Wisconsin uh, booth if you will, they're going to have the booth there at the Nary Home Show. So stop in. Not to mention they got good financing going on right now. And those, I, you know, like I've been telling you, the windows and doors are fantastic. The door that I had installed is just just awesome. I, I just I, I go with Pella because I just love them. Not because I know Gina, but I had those installed actually in my home when I first bought it before I was even doing the Pella ads. So I, I've already been a big believer. That's how we kind of became friends. So good stuff from our friends at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855-PELLA-WI. Coming up after the top of the hour, start getting your fantasy football questions in right now. Send them to me. I know, Steve, I got yours, a couple of emails from earlier. I'll try to get to as many of them as I possibly can. Get your fantasy football questions in now. Paul Charchian is going to join us coming up here shortly in just about uh, three minutes. We'll talk with the Charch and get his take on uh, many of the questions coming into this week. And obviously you've got uh, one on the docket, uh, a game on the docket coming up later this evening as well. Uh, the game tonight, the Colts on the road taking on the Broncos. So you got questions about that. Packers-Giants, obviously. And then just a lot of matchup stuff. I mean, me, I need some help. My team right now, average points per week, 78.44, barely hanging on. There have been four other teams that have been eliminated thus far. But my team is sucking swamp water, so I need some help as well. So well, we're going to get into that discussion coming up. So if you got some fantasy football stuff, get it to us and get it to us right now. I'll try to get as many as I can in, whether it's on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. If you're on the Bud Light live stream, hit me up. Start them again because I know the porn bots knocked a lot of you out of there. So, so start sending them to me again. I'll try to read them off of the, uh, the Bud Light live stream. And for those of you over there, just enjoy the view. 
because I don't know how many more days we're going to have of a golf course with coloring trees, a little bit of a breeze, sunshine, all that kind of good stuff. So we'll get into that. So uh, if you got a question for the charge, get them to us. So we got two more hours yet to go. Also, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur today. We're going to hear all kinds of good stuff. we we got all kinds of stuff coming up. But Paul Charchi is going to join us from the Guillotine Leagues coming up next to give us fantasy advice. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live here in Viroqua, Viroqua Hills Country Club, where uh, Ben Kenny is getting his thrills via the Zoom over on YouTube, watching some of the golfers that some look like they've actually picked a club up before and others look like they should be Walmart greeters. Gonna go ahead and take a quick break. We got a lot more coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 